Hey, it's Jamie Cheesebutt. Last year, I partnered with the Salvation Army to fundraise money for one of their youth community centers located in the heart of Los Angeles. I want to make this an annual tradition, and the LA Red Shield has given me the opportunity to give back to my community. The Salvation Army holds a very special place in my heart because they helped me and my family so much growing up, as they have done for millions of others. The Red Shield is a community youth center that serves youth, family, and the senior population in the Pico Union area in Los Angeles. Families have access to social services, sports training, fitness classes, English classes, performing arts, tutoring, and so much more. One of the programs that they offer is a Children's Mariachi Academy. I have decided to raise funds for this program to provide more opportunities for kids to get closer to their culture and grow their talents through music. Your money will help fund scholarships, buy instruments, books, and uniforms for these children that bring smiles to many with their performances. To motivate you to donate, for every $5 you donate, you get answered for a chance to win a jersey. That's $5 for one entry. And the more you donate, the more chances you have to win. The link is in my bio on both my Instagram and Twitter at Jamie No Last Name. That's J-A-M-I-E, no last name. Thank you to Packers Without Borders for letting me share this great cause with their amazing listeners. Go Paco! A little too much. Here we go. That's a pro pro right there. A pro's pro coughing. Okay, I'm all right. I could do it again. I'll just one more before I. Okay. Okay. Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers Without Borders. Welcome to Packers Without Borders. I am your co-host up here in Frozen Oak Bank, Manitoba, Canada. I am joined by my good buddy way down Mexico way, Bruce Edmonds. How you doing, Bruce? Good, buddy. I'm officially 17 hours further from you now. That's crazy. So what is that like in total? Like 36, 38 hours straight down? For us, well, from El Paso, what we do is we drive across Texas to yeah. the east side of Texas. That way, half of the drive is basically in the U.S. Because as much as I try to, you know, Mexico is not, it's not unsafe, but it's not safe. Like you just, you know, when you drive into the wrong part of town, you just don't want to do that in Mexico. So I just go 110 miles an hour right down the middle of the toll road. And I stop one time for gas because I just know exactly where to stop. And it was just a dead shot. 
Nice. Nice. We don't have too many areas like that in uh, Canada. I mean, we, we call them Toronto and uh, Quebec. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Shot across the bow to start off the Christmas special. Wow. Christmas episode. Feliz Navidad, Bruce. I've been practicing that all week. Oh, I'm excited. Holy crap. I don't know what I swallowed. Yeah. It's that Mexican air. It's too hot. I swallowed my pride. <laughs> swallowed your pride. No, I saw you had a little kitten play drop the needle video there. Mm. I was, I'm so impressed. I really am. I cannot. This fat kid can never. I, I can barely put my shoes on. <laughs> I swear I was going to die, dude. Like I just I hadn't done it in about four or five years. And of course, everybody's cheering the dumbass on. So the dumbass needs to try it. Right. And I was just like, OK, and I touched the grass. And it was soft and it was like wet underneath. So I was like, if I fall on my face, at least I'm not going to break anything. But yeah. the needle land, that knee that did the needle land kind of hyperextended a little bit. So I had trouble walking today. Like, dude, oh. you know, it's just, it sucks getting old, dude. Like it really does suck getting old at this point. Now, you know, we were talking about this just right now, how long it takes to, after contact sports, you know, we play, I play Saturday and, Sunday, I was a little bit sore, you know, ice, whatever it was, my shoulders and stuff. But my Monday, I was perfectly fine. Right now, I did a needle drop, and I'm probably not going to be able to walk for two months. See, and after a game, I would uh, get into, of course, this was the next day. It wasn't that night because you would you would go right from the locker room. You'd go right to uh, the closest drink. bar, yeah. right? You'd drink there, and then, of course, somebody remembers, oh, you know what? The bar down the street has $5 pitchers. Exactly. Any pitcher. For us. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, it's, you know, and it's the full size pitcher. It's like a freaking gallon. And so you just drop yeah. a, a, drop a, a straw in it. You're walking around with these all night. Yeah. Right? Well, <laughs> we had the rule at this bar was it was bash rip rocks was the name of the bar that we used to go to. And it was penny pitchers always on Saturdays for the rugby team. Right. Nice. But the problem was you know, it was paying for all the teams and everything. You get one pitcher. If you, if you turn in your pitcher, you're screwed, and the rest of them were regular price. So everybody got a pitcher, right? And they were marked for us. So everybody would hold on to it. But the rule was the first person to go to the bathroom had to pay the entire tab. So oh. here we are, dude. What are we doing? I'm sitting at the table, and I should be saying this out loud, but I'd be pissing on the floor and not getting up from oh, the table. Oh, terrible. Why? What was the name of this place? We got to send them an apology. Maybe a bucket Bash of pine salts. Bash <laughs> oh, trust oh. me, there was a river of urine under that table for a while. And we would just mop it up every once in a while. And then finally, some stupid rookie would go take a leak and then he'd have to pay the bill, which of course was like $6.50, right? Because they're penny pitchers. So it did yeah. that. It was the, the whole principle of you paid, buddy. But then we'd obviously tip really, really well with that type of stuff. And that's what we did. We'd pass around a boot, you know, a rugby cleat and everybody would stuff money in there. And that's what we, we'd give them. He'd probably end up with like five, 600 bucks at the end of the night and tips. Yeah. You know, yeah. You that's when, when it was, when it was uh, in the season and we would show up after the third or fourth game and the regular, you know, the, the bar staff, they were prepared for us and they were ready because after yeah. the first game, they would go, is the schedule out already? Like when, when do you guys play? And then we'd give them a schedule. 
And on those nights, they'd bring in extra staff and they'd, yep. they'd clean up an entire half of the bar. And people would, I remember people telling me, we walk in the bar and there's like caution tape on and they won't let you in that whole half of the bar. I'm like, really? That's odd. That's where we always go sit. And as soon as somebody would walk to the door, they'd wrap up the tape. Come on in, boys. Come on in. And we had the banquet tables. They would set it right up. But yeah, we would, I mean, you're talking, you know, 45, 48 players, training staff, all of their girlfriends. I mean, we'd bring 120 people into that place and everybody had dropped a couple hundred bucks each, you know. So was it similar? See, a lot of with rugby, what we would do is whenever you traveled, obviously the traveling team covered all of that stuff. But the, the host team would always host the party beer, food, all of it was paid for by the, the team that would show let, that hosted. So when they no. would come down, we do the same thing. And it was really cool. Cause when we went to uh, like, we'd go to Albuquerque quite a bit. So they had their type of cuisine that they would serve up there, their, you know, their local beers. And it was always kegs obviously. Right. But they'd always kind of have their stuff. Like they come back down with us. We'd have tequila, we'd have, you know, tacos or whatever it is we'd always have something like traditional and then when you go to arizona it was kind of the same thing where the arizona club y'all are too friendly y'all are too friendly that's what that is man yeah. you call canadians friendly no there was listen at the end of the season or before the season everybody got along with everybody you would do camps right like i would sign up for different camps and i'd go train here and go train there and, you know, I, I trained with some guy from Calgary. I trained with some guy from Saskatchewan, some guy from Montreal. Like, what is he doing all the way out here? But you, you trained with a whole bunch of different people, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't have a problem. And even when, you know, you would show up and you're like, oh, I got a, I got a buddy of mine that's on that team. I know he lives 1,500 miles away. At the beginning of the game, I'm going to say, good game. There's no drinking after the game. Really? Whoa. There's no, there's, we're going to drink here. You're going to drink wherever the you want to drink and if you come near us there's going to be a fight because usually the team that wants to drink with the other team is the team that won One. <laughs> and the team that lost does not want anything to do right and especially when like our seasons were a little shorter right we didn't play 17 or you know 24 games like they do in the cfl or whatever we played like 10 mm-hmm. right and if you lost two yeah you're probably out you're probably out 15 to 20 games, but completely opposite different. It's a different culture in rugby. Yeah. It was, you bleed with me on this field. You're my brother. You know, it doesn't matter who won, what happened. Yeah. If they're fight on the pitch, whatever it was, the second that game was over, that match was over. You walked off, you handed each other beers. You'd sit there, you go to the party and we'd have drinking games because you always so one of the biggest things with the tournaments is you have the tournament trophy and then you have the drinking trophy and the more coveted of the two is always the drinking trophy, right? Well, of that's course. where you have races, the beer slides, the who could handle it. You know, you do the bar hopping um, where you'd start with one drink and you'd work, you had to have at least one drink at every bar and people would just end up disappearing. And then by the end of the, it was like who had the most people left over at the end and who survived at the last, at the last bar were the ones who took home the, the trophy. So the hosts would always be at the last bar, just waiting for everybody to show up kind of thing. So it was pretty cool, man. Like it was always a lot of care of each other. Yeah, it was, uh, it was way different. I mean, I I can even remember when I played on hockey teams and stuff, when you saw somebody else wearing an opposing Jersey from the city, you were like, let's go kick that guy's ass. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, oh, let's totally go kick that guy's different. ass. Yeah, no, totally. completely different. Yeah, you know, and like I said, off season, uh, you know what? And, and you get eliminated from the playoffs, you shake the guy's hand, that's it. All the feelings go away. But it's almost like you were in that, you know, from the very beginning, you spent all that time in spring training. You spent all that mm -hmm. time in summer camp. You spent all the time doing OGAs. You spent all the time doing the extra workshops. You went over game film, game film, game film. And now I'm going to be friends with this guy that you've been training me to kill. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get it. You try to break when, a bridge uh, and then give him a beer afterwards. Remember you know? Michael Michael Crabtree and Talib? Like I completely understand that relationship, completely, yeah. completely. I, I I get it, hundred percent. I have a job to do, and that job is to completely utter and utterly frustrate you. And there are some guys in the league that you can just frustrate them by constantly touching them and constantly being around them and stuff. And there's other guys that you have to frustrate, like Devonte against Baltimore there, where they just they literally just lined up. I think it was called Bulldog 17. Dude, they had one guy in front and a guy five <laughs> yards behind him. It's like, if you I mean, I've never yeah. seen them. And, and for, they said that. They said, we yeah. have never seen them. Roger said, I've never seen them cover Devontae that way. And they had to because they were so full of uh, uh, rookie corners that as soon as they put 17 in, I mean, Devontae just looked over at Rogers. As soon as, I mean, it was, look at the first series, the first series, right? Yeah. <sighs> I get that he took a shot. I don't know why we take a shot in the first series every single time. I don't know Very why we just – with the plan. Yeah, like all of a sudden there it is, three and out, and we give him the ball back again. Like I'd like to see them run the ball and take their time and then go back to that shot later. I understand Devontae's got one-on-one -on -one with, with I don't know who his name is and neither does the NFL, and the kid's giving him too much room and the outside leverage like he's gone. He's mm -hmm. gone, right? And I could tell Rogers looked over, and as soon as he straightened out, I was like, that's it. He's going right to Devante. I was mm -hmm. like, please be on time. Please be on time. And now he overthrew it again, right? It takes Rogers that – because he's not practicing. Because mm -hmm. he's just not practicing. It, it takes, takes him Rogers first, it takes a, him a quarter. Yeah, at least. At least, right? I mean, zero points again in uh, the first quarter for the Packers. Terrible. Terrible start. Much better recovery after that. Right. The old line again, fantastic job. Josh I mean, is he's legitimate out. He's legit. We've got a legit starter in Yash. Like it is. Yeah. We, we need here's here's what I want to talk to you about today. OK, because we know we need to run the table to clinch that number one spot. And I love how Tampa all of a sudden poor Brady lost because he didn't have his weapons. Well, you know what? Fuck you, because. <laughs> We've been dealing with that all season long. Surprise, surprise, you don't have any weapons and you can't fucking throw to somebody? Fuck off, dude. We were throwing a Juwan Winfrey and God knows who in Arizona. Um, yeah. And damn, so shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, like that, that it just He still had a run game. He still yeah. had a run game. I don't know why they didn't go. The game wasn't out of control. I mean, he could have been throwing screens. He could have been throwing. But you know what? As soon as you get Brady frustrated, and it's a lot like Rodgers. When you see Rodgers on the mm -hmm. sidelines and he's – Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, and he's getting upset. You're like, ah, here we go. Here we yep. go. Right. And that would that was one thing, right? That I really admired about and I and I'm gonna touch on this because yeah. Rogers just just tied Favre for uh franchise touchdowns, which well, is 42. For me, it's mind bottling. It is crazy wow. that he's there already. I, I couldn't believe it. When they brought it up at the beginning of the year, I thought, well, you know, he's gotta have a pretty good year. 
he's done it already. We got, you know, three, four games left. What the hell? But Favre never seemed to be throwing stuff and having those tantrums on the sidelines. He always seemed to be laughing and having a good time. And there was one interview that they gave and they talked to, uh, uh, it was the day Brett Favre threw for the, uh, for the league record interceptions in a single game. And he came off the sidelines after throwing the fourth interception in the game. And he said to uh, Mike Holmgren, he said, what's the record? And Holmgren said, well, it's five. And he said, well, I got to at least try for that. <laughs> That's something about Rogers that I've noticed this year a little bit different. Not that he's not, he's enjoying this year. He's enjoying this team. Don't you feel that vibe a little bit to the point yeah. where, you know, as much as you know he's leaving or not leaving and all that type of stuff, it just there's a certain vibe about him this year that's really helping me kind of just say it's not the old Rodgers, whatever it is that he's still a diva, he's still whatever he is, but he's got control of whatever it is, at least between between the lines, right, in the game. You see that he feels like he's in complete control of that game. Um, that second half, which is what I got to watch, you know, He's not practicing, so his practice is actually that. Let's get into the just the keys. Of, here, here's what I want. So ultimately, here's what I want to talk to you, Matt. I, I know we're talking about all this other stuff, but importantly, what do we need to do or what do we need to avoid to not clinch the number one seed? I've got some ideas, but I'm curious to say what you've got, and then we'll kind of go back and forth and see if we're thinking the same thing. What is it going to take or what are we going to avoid to not clinch the number one seed? Well, you know, the Bucs, I think the Bucs are in trouble because they lost to the Saints. And the way Carolina is playing, Carolina's right there. If they can control their emotions when they play and limit the penalties, they've got a legit defense, a legit defense. If they can get something going, just anything going, running the ball seems to apparently work against the Bucs. And right? no God, no yeah. Ornette's now out for them with the hammy, so they might not finish the season with their three top weapons. No, they just signed Bell, right? They just signed Bell. They're 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 floundering a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It's Tom Brady. They're floundering a little bit. They got some time to correct the ship, and you know what? They don't really need that first round buy as much as we need that first round buy because again, no no Zadarius, no Jair, and no Bakhtiari this week again, and no I MVP. Mean, now again covid unreal unreal right like covid's just been running rampant through the nfl i mean they postponed games in the nhl too they you know we uh, the cfl did like a uh, smaller schedule instead of the bigger schedule and they tried to do uh, so teams would play in one province for more than one you know they they tried to limit the exposure as much as they could right i but think Matt, the I packers think the right Avoiding injuries is one of the big things that we need to avoid. Avoid injuries in order to get that number one seed. That's one of the things I was thinking. I think we have to we have to beat the Browns. Well, no, we don't have to yeah. beat the Browns. We have to beat Minnesota. Period. We have no to beat division. Minnesota. We can't lose. Yeah. Division game. But let's say okay, we have the Bucks lose again. And the Cowboys lose one, which looks like they're going to. I mean, they're also up against, you know, if they yep. lose, then suddenly the Packers are going to slide right in and that Lions game becomes a, uh, a who cares game. The next. Yeah. Yep. Two games. But, yeah. 
and have basically a two week bye. I mean, Rogers could get that surgery that he was talking about on his pinky toe and then have two weeks for it to heal up. Right. I don't know. I think uh, injuries are an absolute must. I think that we are beyond depleted on the offensive line. I am baffled that we are still playing this well on the offensive line. They are incredible. Um, I think we really need to keep Jones and Dylan healthy at the same time. It's time to heat them up. It's time to, you know, it's just like, just like secretariat when they were like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to, you know, uh, he's got two weeks to the next race. You're going to give him a week off. And they said, no, we're going to keep training, keep training, keep training, keep pumping, keep pumping. And then that's when he blew out Warhorse, Right. So I got to get a little lather on him. Yeah, you, you want to get them going, and you don't want those bumps and bruises to heal. You want them to just keep – because you know what it's like, right? You got a bit of a bruised shoulder, a bit of a – you know, when you get a time for it to heal, properly heal a couple of weeks, and then you get back in there, it's really tender. But when you don't give it enough time to heal properly, it just kind of stays numb, and you can keep pounding and pounding yep. and pounding, right? Yeah. I think the defense uh, – we got to figure out a way to take to, to – uh, cover these talented tight ends. We have to figure this out. We need to put a corner on the tight ends down the middle. And I think a lot of what happened, Matt, just in looking at and back on, on the game and what I saw, because I saw the score and I was just like, what the hell happened? They were tired, man. And that's where the injuries start coming in as much as we have rotational players that come in, but because of the injuries, we don't have that depth. So these guys are getting run into the ground. So by the end of the game, of course, they're exhausted. And that's what I saw in this defense. I didn't see them play poorly. I saw them play tired at the end of the game. Let these guys. We had a play with only 10 men on the field. We had a play where Kevin King was running off, running back on. We had another play. You know, we had all of these miscommunication plays. And that's from being tired. And it goes back to something that, you know, I'm just going to start saying it now. We should run the ball. I I, it's a strange concept, but instead of oh, I don't understand. like, and this is this is what just drives me insane. We watch Baltimore take their time and move all the way down the field on us, and the first thing we do is go three and out. That should be the last thing. The first two plays after the defense has been out there for a seven and a half minute drive, the first two plays should be run plays. The first two should be run plays so that the clock is moving, so that we're taking a couple of minutes here, and- you know. We're watching these guys after they do a seven-minute drive. They're on the sidelines. They got the oxygen on, and they are heaving. They are heaving because they just gave it their all for seven and a half minutes, just sprinting, going all out, fucking just mayhem. And then all of a sudden, they barely get the oxygen mask off, and it's like, oh, defense, time to get get back out there. Are you kidding me? Uh Yeah, I mean, you're going to drain. Baltimore drained the tank. And this is what I'm referring to. We have Dylan and Jones, Okay. Let's pound. Let's drain their tank. Okay, it's great to see Rodgers throw for 300 yards. He can. The whole second half, because they'll be so freaking gassed, the whole second half, he can pick whatever plays he wants. They'll all run. They'll all work. Instead, we got to go three and out, let their offense get right back out there, get all the momentum on our gas defense. Then we got Joe Barry calling soft cover zones. And letting stuff happen to them. I mean, we got dinked and dunked. Death by a thousand cuts all the way down the field. Including then, the whole second half 
using a running quarterback. And, and like I said before the game is I wasn't anticipating that they were going to change the game plan whatsoever. That's exactly what they did. The, the most prolific running team in the NFL ran the ball the first half and the second half ran with their quarterback, but yeah. it was running and it was run and keep the ball. We lost the time of possession in this game and as depleted. And again, this, we talked about this, a depleted team means nothing in the NFL. There's a lot of parity. I mean, we, we're down on our third and fourth liners as well, as much as we were looking forward to, you know, we're licking our chops with this secondary. Guess what? That whatever coverage they did on, on Devontae Adams, on that short touchdown pass, he, he had two guys covered and they left their jock straps behind with those, but he did not have a big game. That's why MBS had such a huge game. That's why, yeah. I mean, everybody came through on their part, right? But Lazar, Adam, yeah. yeah, Lazard had a couple of big catches, right? Jones looked pretty good. How about Mercedes? How many times this year is Mercedes Lewis going to come two yards short from a touchdown? Somebody get this man a touchdown already. I would love it. If the first touchdown that Aaron Rodgers throws tomorrow or on Saturday is to Mercedes Lewis, that would be just perfect. It has to happen, dude. That run after the catch. I, oh. I, uh, he's so fun because, you know, if you're enjoying it as a fan and watching that on the screen, imagine what all of those guys in that locker room and what he brings with that at his 976 year old body <laughs> trucking <coughs> what's crazy is is you know he doesn't try and make the move he's like how do i square up on this guy and knock this guy off of me right like that's his move is turn square up bam and then that guy just falls over and then he's got these little dbs that are like trying to tackle a defensive lineman <laughs> I'm getting all choked up yeah. about it. It's it's like me trying to tackle Jonah Alamu and these guys with thighs the size of my my waist, and oh. you just look like a speck just bouncing off of people. It's the guy. This is a lot of what this week was so frustrating on Twitter with Packer fans just not being able to enjoy it, man. They have to find something negative, and it's like stop, enjoy what you're seeing. Like you look at. Everything that we've got on this team right now is not only the players and the positions, but again, we draft, we're not drafting. Everybody complained we didn't draft rugs. I wonder why. And it's not to, to poo-hoo anything or what's going on with him, right? But the character in there, the reason that they paid Jones, which I had to defend to the end of the earth this week, because apparently somebody thinks that he's not a game changer and not worth the money. It's like, it's not just about the product on the field. It's also what he does off the field. It's what he does in the locker room. It's what he does. Right. Because that gels a team together where they're wanting to play for each other. They're not in there. Like he's in there for the money. They're all in there for the money. We talked about this with Adams. We talked this about with, with Rogers, but in the locker room, it's a different vibe because they're a team and all Super Bowl winning teams at the end of it says like, there's this kind of common thing that you hear with them. We were in there for each other. You know, we fight for each other. We do that. And that's part of what this team really has. And Big Dog can be probably 60 years old and probably still be on this team at some point because it's not about, yeah, he'll have his two or three catches for 30 yards, but it's what he does with that. And I'm sure what he does during practice and how he prepares and how he trains that teaches these younger guys to draft and develop. That's part of the draft and develop. It's not just the coaches. It's yeah. the players that we have in the locker room that bring these guys along, right? 
I'm Mel from Melbourne, Australia, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders with Matt and Bruce. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. If you like the things that myself and Bruce do on Packers Without Borders, the jokes, the sports, the hilarity, give us a like, give us a subscribe, hit that like, hit that subscribe button. You can, you can even sponsor the show. Just go to iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, any of those platforms where you listen to us and leave a review for us. We love hearing from you guys that way. Appreciate a lot of the reviews and what you've done, but it's going to help us out a lot if you go out there and, and you click like and subscribe on any platform that you listen to us. Really appreciate the support, guys. Peace. Go Pack Go. This is Kristen from Nebraska. You're listening to Packers Without Borders. You know, and you bring up, we should have drafted, we should have drafted. If I remember correctly, the one thing that we needed in that NFC Championship game was a corner. And a corner that was fast enough to be able to cover Godwin. Well, we got that. His name is Eric Stokes. We got exactly what we needed. We, We also had the number one offense last year. So we didn't need to add more weapons because we had a number and it wasn't number one by three points. It was number one by a country mile. So Mm -hmm. we didn't need a weapon. What we needed, right. Was a corner. Now during this time, don't forget, we've also brought in a Devin Funches. He didn't seem to work out. Right. Uh, There's been uh, a handful of guys. Now we got Randall Cobb in to add another weapon you know, for Aaron and the offense this year is, is, it's, it's sputtering a little bit. It seems to now these last three, four games be clicking, but again, first drive, just terrible. You know, it, it, it's almost as if he it, needs to get knocked around practice. a bit. It's the not practicing Matt. Yeah. It's, it's been three weeks. Where he's only practiced twice in three weeks. And for him to come out of a game and play, dude, the passing, his accuracy, the deep ball still a little bit off for whatever reason. I don't understand because he does have a nice deep ball. Yeah. There's something maybe and again, it might be his toe where he's flicking it, not controlling, whatever it is. But the fact that he's not practicing and playing the way he is, but that's why until they score. And I was pretty close on the score other than the fact that I was expecting the defense in the second half to not be completely destroyed and demolished. And exhausted to where they allowed so many points, but they, they brought it to us. They, they controlled time of possession and I anticipate a little bit of the same with the Cleveland Browns at this point coming into town. Right. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's the Cleveland Browns are depleted right now as well. And it's there. They do anticipate getting a lot of their guys back, but you know, I think with Cleveland um, again, just to kind of, as we move on to Saturday, right. And we're not going to be able to do the pot on Saturday because the game's on Saturday. We might do it earlier on before we'll see what time the game is. Christmas Christmas, Christmas too. I mean, you think to... I'm going to do it with all the little things that are, Oh no. my God. Yeah. Oh. So we'll get into it. <laughs> Don't you think that the Ravens had a pretty good blueprint against the Packers and they've got Nick Chubb, right. That's going to be, that we're playing against the Browns. Them. Yes. The Browns. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think the Browns have uh, a lot of, uh, they've got a great D line, a great pass rush. 
They, they, Ward, Ward is a pretty good uh, defensive back. They've got a fairly good defense. Um, I think that defense is uh, susceptible to uh, A.J. Dillon, a screen game, uh, you know, the bubble screens out to Jones. I think it's very susceptible to that. I think that Rodgers, if he maintains, like the stat you had pointed out, that quick, quick release, I don't think they're going to get a chance because they know that Garrett can take over a game. We, I mean, he had four sacks a couple of weeks ago in one game. You got to keep an eye on that guy. I think that uh, our defense overmatches their offense. I think we'll have Kenny Clark back. That'll sure up that yeah. run game. I was going to say, is Clark going to be completely back at this point? Because we saw how much we missed him in this oh. game. That the biggest things that, that kept us on the field, right, is not having Clark. And my concern, again, and I called it last week with Andrews, you know, that's the passing attack here. The same thing. You've got Landry, um, who I think is still banged up. So you're talking about Njoku. Yeah. Go, you know, so yeah. it's going to be Njoku and Hooper, and that's what they're going to try and to And people's Jones. Yeah, because we can't stop the middle of the fields wide open for these guys. I mean, it's yeah. as much as when we're playing a sob zone, what's going to happen? The middle of it's open, and we're asking for Devondre Campbell to stop the run, uh, spy the quarterback, and cover the dude, the tight end coming out of the slot. It's like, come on, man. Like, I think hopefully Jair, I don't think he's going to be back yet, but putting no. Stokes on the outside, having cool on the tight end. I, I, I want to see Razul on the tight end. I want to see him. I'd in like the to slot see Kevin King. I'd like to see day. Kevin King playing the tight end. He's a big, tall, you know, corner. The tight yeah. ends are typically a little bit slower, so his speed would match up. He's physical. They're physical. I would like to see Kevin King uh, covering the tight end. I think that putting Savage on Andrews, after the first time that Savage got beat, it needed to be swapped out. Okay, it was an experiment. It did. It's not going to work. They did a great job afterwards. After he got two touchdowns and 100-something yards, they finally figured him out. But... Yeah, like you said, I would like to see a DB on uh, the tight end, and I would like to see it be uh, Kevin King. I think Kevin King is a pretty good choice at that. And let's leave Savage and Amos for roaming because exactly have them in the yeah. back, just buying everything. That's what you want. Make them, them run Nick Chubb. Make them run Nick Chubb. Make them do that. I, I'd be happy with that. Run that. When we've got a guy that's in there and he's running, I mean, look at Dalvin Cook, even in a loss, only had 84 yards, right? Like we, yeah. we, we're pretty good in the run game when we've got Clark in there. And if Joe Barry recognizes that there's going to be a lot of running, then we're going to start seeing Slayton, Kiki, and Clark at the three with their hands in the dirt. And I don't care who you are. I mean, that's just rough to tangle with. You know, Slayton and Kiki, these guys are really coming into their own. And that's what we needed. If you remember the Super Bowl run that we had before, we had B.J. Rush, but we had Pickett. And Pickett was just a menace some games. Some, you know, when B.J. couldn't get anything going, Pickett would, you know, he would uh, he would get a get up. And we also had Jonathan Jolly. Do you remember him? Oh, Jolly. Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden, every now and then, Jolly would have a, have a game where he had a sack or two or three or four pressures or something, and somebody couldn't block him. Right? Yep. And that was... That was, uh, yeah, that's what we need out of our defensive line is, is hearing the other names because Kenny Clark's name, you could almost say it on every single play. He demands so much attention. He's such a powerhouse. He's, he, I mean, he's just ruthless. He's a villain in there, right? So he's going to be back, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, because he was on COVID. It was 10 days. I think he clears, I think he either clears today or tomorrow. 
Okay, because I didn't know with the Saturday game, what the, I was trying to think the timeline with that because that's the key to this game to me for us to win this is I agree. We need to take them out of these quick slants, quick pass game, you know, have them run the field, bleed the clock because eventually they're going to make a mistake. If you, you know, this death by a thousand paper cuts is, is what our defense does. Just unfortunately, we couldn't stop it until that two-point conversion where we actually stopped a two-point conversion going to Andrews, which by the way, made me very happy because I was, I have Andrews in one of my money leagues for fantasy. And that dude just, he won me the league because I had Brady who shit the bed, um, you know, all of that yeah. type of stuff. So Andrews is always going to get his, he's the best receiver on that team. And I think on Joku and Hooper on this are going to be there. I'm telling you, I, I have a feeling that the Browns are going to try to do a similar kind of game plan that the Ravens did against our team, especially if we, you know, with Kenny Clark back, it's going to change a lot of the things, but we're going to want to funnel it into the run. That way we can focus on, I mean, are we going to play some too high shell? What do you think we're going to be playing? I think that's, that's exactly what we're going to do is too high shell and make the force them to run it. I right. Think, you know, and just overwork Chubb. Chubb can, uh, Chubb can make you pay, but I think our defensive line matches up a little bit nicer. So, yeah, I think that's what you do. Then again, their quarterback situation is still kind of up in the air, isn't it? Is Baker cleared? Is he – or, or is, it, is it Mulligans or Culligan or whoever it is? Now? Yeah, it's the Waterman. <laughs> oh, it's water it's, it's the somebody. Water yeah. Some of these poor teams, you know, look at Washington uh, uh, last night, right, with, you know, this kid's second career NFL start, and he's trying to keep a, a playoff spot alive for Washington up against the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Crazy. I, um, I, I, I'm going to say Packers by 10 against the Browns. I think, uh, I think we get up, we get up early, and we don't look back. I don't. I think uh -oh. it's going to be similar to the Ravens. Okay. Uh, I think that the Browns are going to come down and score first and we'll be behind. And I believe it's going to be probably 27, 21, but the, it's going to be a close game until I see us come out and score on the first drive. I'm going to continue to, and you know, I'm very optimistic with this team, but we're not going to win many playoff games continuing no. to not score any points on that first drive. It's critical. I understand that we like to defer, but then our defense you know, they're expecting our defense to step up the last few games. They've scored on every first drive on us and yeah. we've deferred every time. So we're actually starting from behind on a lot of these games. We can't do that in the playoffs. And until I see it and let's talk about, dude, come on. <sighs> Fucking radio call on the special teams. I almost drove oh. the car. I almost oh. drove my family. Like I was at hey. that point where I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? That needs you to just, get fixed. Ugh. You just want it to stop. Just have one game where you're not in the headline at all, where all you did was you fair caught everything. Like every time that I, I, I'm puzzled when I watch other teams return kicks because I watch them run 15 and 20 yards and they go down, but there's no flags. Why is there no flags? Whenever we return a kick, there's seven or eight freaking flags and we might as well have just caught it on the one yard line and took a knee. Like, I guarantee stop, stop this madness. What's going to come out at the end of the season when they let him go or why they're not letting him go is I genuinely believe because of the COVID protocols and what's going on this year, I don't think we're practicing special teams 
at all. I think they've only got enough time with the little bit of time that they're spending together on the offense and defense and special teams as an afterthought, which is why they're being patient with Mo because he doesn't have the time. And whether he's the right person or not, I, I, I can't judge that right now other than what the play on the field is. But I genuinely believe at some point it's going to come out that the dude had no time for special teams because it's the same mistakes, the same things over and over again. Those things that repetition and fundamentals teach and we're just not having any type of fundamentals. Dude, I swear to God, as soon as I heard Amari Rogers, 35 yards, and I, I, you know, I'm driving, and I looked to my wife, I was like, I bet you there's a fucking flag. And that fucking flag. And I was like, I told you, and I was like, ah! I just grabbed the steering yeah. wheel. And <laughs> I just, I just stood up and I said, of course, of course. Why wouldn't there be a flag? There's never a flag when anyone else returns a kick. But when the Packers return a kick, there's, there's more laundry on the field than there is in my daughter's fucking on her room on the floor. Right? Like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I, uh, I do, I, I do want to uh, quickly mention here that our uh, Packers Without Borders, our inaugural fantasy football league, it's coming down to its final. Uh, this weekend right this is it right yeah okay so what we have here is uh uh i i I got eighth place that's how good i did right and you got you got sixth place that's what it looks like here is sixth place okay so what we have now for for the championship now we have jeremy and sam are going to duke it out for the championship this is Jeremy, of course, who's been bragging all season long that he's going to win, and apparently his predictions are true. Uh, it looks like uh, Acme Army and the Bruce City Brawlers are going to fight it out for third spot. Good luck, Sam and Jeremy. We've got uh, Alex Brown and uh, Kristen for the king of last place, the toilet bowl. This, uh, Kristen, you're representing the women, you said. What happened? What happened? I think the women want to swap out <laughs> representation next year. <laughs> for next- <laughs> oh. I thought I thought for sure it was going to be me in the toilet bowl. Can I can I tell you something? Of all my years playing fantasy football, this league was genuinely everybody was engaged, which is yeah. the great thing about a league, right? where you have that one person that doesn't try or somebody every single person put everything they possibly could into it you know everybody and the good thing is you get to know these guys because you see their twitter feed then you see the other things and you know you try to communicate with them so you see what's going on in their personal life a little bit too and how fantasy is kind of an afterthought right at this point i mean everybody's dealing with stuff and for them to continue going through it really getting to know them it's the chat was awesome all year just talking shit all year long i had to I, i was four and oh guns ablaze and talking a bunch of shit and then i lost seven straight and i was just like yeah i better shut my fucking mouth at this point you know every 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 day i lost one of my draft players to injury for the whole year like it was like when that happens the first game you always go yeah yeah that always happens the first week or two of the season that you lose one guy that's terrible luck right that's okay i can replace that guy it wasn't so bad the second week you go Oh, by the fourth week of losing four starters, now I'm down to, I have like Derrick Henry and everyone else that I've been able to grab off the free agency list. And then Henry goes down. I was like, I, I'm not winning anymore. And you know what? I tried a different approach and Jeremy helped me out a little bit. He gave me Gibson for uh, Henry because he was going to, you know, 
uh, uh, risk it to try and get uh, Henry for the playoffs and try and uh, pull one out. It uh, didn't look like it paid off, but you know what? It doesn't look like it's going to matter. He's favored to win by uh, 15 points. And uh, let's see, uh, Kristen is favored to win by eight points, which would make Alex Brown the king of last place, the toilet bowl winner. Have we got that tattoo ready yet? Are we? Uh, have we decided which tattoo he's getting? Was it a face tattoo? I thought it's a face tattoo that we're going to do. It's going to be the old Tyson look. It's going to be like oh, the, the Mike Tyson the warrior yeah. half face. Okay, yeah, I, I think that's what. But not in black, though, right? It was purple and you, gold. It, no, yeah, it's purple <laughs> and gold, and, and we agreed to. Yeah, that's. Hey, that's what you said when you signed up. I mean, we do have the paperwork on that one. <laughs> you know, so as a summary, the keys to the game, I think that people need to look at first off special teams can keep us from getting, obviously that that's the obvious one. Right. But secondly is avoiding any more injuries. I, I mean, we just, we can't go, we can't lose any more people. I think that's critical for us getting the number one seed. And obviously that third thing is just not having no letdown with the Browns because the rest of it is we can't drop up a division game and, if we do, then that really skyrockets everybody else because those are the tiebreakers that we have right now, right? I mean, right now we're still kind of teetering on whether we get it or not, but those three things are the keys to this game this week. And, of course, the Packers are home on Christmas Day, which is nice for them, right? I mean, instead of having it after traveling. Iconic. All- yeah. It's <laughs> so Iconic. <awesome>. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> Iconic. The Green Bay fucking Packers Day. Eh? Awesome, brother. <laughs> It's good to see you. You have fun in Mexico. Hugs and kisses Um, to the wife. Feliz Navidad to everybody down there. We send you snow. (laughs) Oh, buddy. You know, Merry Christmas to you and your family too, brother. I I, I can't wait to to get with you and your family and hang out. But we'll touch base on these days, obviously, as we normally do. But wish you happy birthday. Big hugs and kisses for the family, man. Love you, buddy. It's not my birthday. (laughs) It was it was your birthday though, wasn't it? <laughs> That's why I had birthdays on my mind. Open up fucking Twitter after I get some signal, and it's fucking six hundred and fifty notifications. And I was like, "What the fuck happened? I, what did I do? I literally thought, what did I do? What did I post yeah. to piss people yeah. off?' Like that was yeah. the first thought. And then I looked, like, oh. Thanks to everyone for fucking wishing Bruce an unhappy birthday or whatever. It's not his birthday. And I'm like, <laughs> and Thorin sends out this badass little gif of me in my little hat and jersey with little fucking confetti. Oh my God. It was fantastic, dude. And then Carla, of course, wished me some, some wonderful wish thing. Just, just in case you, I can translate it for you. I'm the favorite. I know. There That's what go. it okay. said. Yeah. 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 I know. She said that. Yeah. You know what, Carla? <laughs> okay. How about that? <laughs> How about one of those? That's what you get all the way from Canada. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> put that put that in there, Hacienda. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a great gag. I did it to you a couple of months ago, too. So this is the thing. Nobody ever looks at your profile on Twitter. Yeah. Nobody ever looks at it. Because if they did, they would stop calling me an American and they would realize that the Canadian flag and me putting that I live in Canada means I'm from Canada. <laughs> you know, yep. we had one guy that was like, no, nope, no, nope, that guy's that guy's American. I know it. I know it for sure. It's like, I don't know what to tell you, brother. 
I don't know no, what to no, tell you. It's like, no, he's actually in Canada. Uh, he's Canadian. Can't help I you with that. You, I guarantee you, if you want to come on the Zoom call, I can show you my neighbors. <laughs> it's four <laughs> igloos and a polar bear. <laughs> we can ask them what they are. Are they American? Yeah, it's just ridiculous, right? Oh, Nobody ever I'm, looks, and right on your profile, it says July 29th. And people are like, happy birthday, Bruce. Like, I'm do you even look? Up. No, they don't. Sure. They don't like my profile. They don't follow me. They follow our pod. They don't follow me. It's fantastic. I have to like beg for followers we're, because we're coming. We're yes, coming. Have you seen uh, the number? I get a tattoo. I need to, I need to get to 2000 before fucking borders Packers or else I'm screwed. Let's see here. Where are we at? Oh, 1495. Ooh. And it'll be roll call on Saturday. <laughs> I just need to follow, follow back, follow back, please follow back, please, dear God, follow back. That's what I got to do. <laughs> ah, don't worry about it. Having lots of followers doesn't mean anything other than the fact that your DMs All, are full of idiots. I care. All I need 200 more followers before Borders Packers so I don't have to get a tattoo on my face. I'm telling you, a purple and gold one, just like Alex Brown. Oh. You guys will have matching ones. Maybe we can get a discount. We'll get a giant sperm <laughs> on this side. Like a, like a Vikings helmet. A giant sperm. Just going straight towards the <laughs> big dick on the other. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll shave my head and we'll put a penis on the back of yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Then it'll be the, the horn for the Vikings right oh, there. Terrible. Oh. Terrible. I'm sure your wife approves of that. No problem, oh, she says. Love it. <laughs> All the kids' names on the inside of it, you know, like kind of just. Oh, oh, terrible. Terrible. Do you know how bad that would hurt? A face tattoo? I've got tattoos, but like the face, that would hurt. That would hurt. And it's a career choice, too, right? Like after you get a face tattoo like that, you're making career decisions. Yeah, you're either. <laughs> has or you're an ex-boxer that can everybody yeah. knows is crazy or you're a tattoo artist that's a fucking badass yeah that's it like other than that what are you doing unless you know you have the little black teardrop under your eye and you become an well, that means you killed somebody yeah so. yeah what's that movie so, there with uh, benicio del toro cicado yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right also blood in blood out you know with miklo oh, that yeah. was my nickname the white guy that, that spoke Spanish, that was me growing up too. So I was Miklo. Oh, yeah. You know, so. <laughs> nice. Beauty. Peace. All right, buddy. Enjoy your Christmas. Merry yeah. Christmas, everyone. You too. Go Pack Go. Merry. Go Pack Go. Ding, 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 ding. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another, try and love each other. And go pack go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. Okay, good day. It's our Christmas party of the album, and you can play this at your Christmas parties. Uh, or to yourself on Christmas Eve if there's nothing else to do. Good day, eh? Yeah. In case you thought, like, I wasn't on this part. Oh, I guarantee you, you'd be on. Okay, so good day. This is the Christmas part, and we're going to tell you what to get uh, your true love for Christmas. <laughs> Look out the window. Where? 
What are you doing? Snow. What? Oh, oh it's a great white north, and it's snowing because it's Christmas time. Hey, Hoser. What? Here's a quiz. Quiz for Doug. Okay, I have my thinking toque on. Yeah, right. What are the 12 days of Christmas? Just um, figure it out, right? Christmas is when? Uh, the 25th. Right, and what's the 24th? Christmas Eve, right? That's so that's two. two. And then what's after that? Uh, uh, wrestling day. No, Get boxing out. day, yeah, yeah. That's three. I know. Then what's after that? Nothing. New Year's. Four. And what's New Year's Eve? Five. Okay. Where do you get 12? Uh, there's two Saturdays and Sundays in there. That's four. That's nine. And three other days, which I believe are the mystery days. Okay, now, this is our Christmas song. In case you don't know what to get somebody for Christmas. There's lots of ideas in here, so listen and don't get stuck. By the way, that's me on the organ. You start. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtlenecks and a beer. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French toast, two turtlenecks and a beer. Good day, and welcome to day 12. Yeah. Oh, 